Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a fucking ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Bay. Today is September 26, 2019. Got the Rams coming up Sunday. This is the preview to that game. Molly's got a bunch of stuff for us. How much film did you watch on him? On the Rams? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Let's get to this. We got any fact checks or follow-ups? I don't know. No. (laughs) I didn't get through the last one. Phone kept dying. I did. I didn't notice any fact checks or follow-ups. It's because we're so awesome and perfect. You don't need to fact check those comments you made about Rick Stroud. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I didn't really talk bad about Rick Stroud, did I? That much? No. It was that other idiot. Joe Bucks fan? No, the other idiot. There's so many. I know. Bassinger. Oh, Bassinger. Yeah, he one. wrote an article today talking, or no, it was a tweet. And he said, he said, I don't know what everybody's so excited about Buccaneers run game for. I know. I saw that too. It just, it blows my mind. Like, I just want to be like, what? You know that Jackie Chan meme where he's like, what? Yeah, what? And like hands over his face. Like that's. Yeah, they just want to uh, distinguish all hope and pride from yeah. the fan base. All we heard about all off season is how we have no run game. No run game, no Pass edge rush. rusher, and our offensive line sucks. Which, you know, I've been reading fans' responses on the forums and stuff like that, and everybody is still saying that our offensive line sucks, especially Donovan Smith and Tamar Dodson. I'm like, no, no, this is, a, this is a totally different offensive line. They're playing completely different, especially that, Donovan Smith. And that run blocking is just oh, it's great. incredible. Yeah. I mean, guys, our... Running backs are, you get three or four yards down the field before they're getting any contact. And Donovan Smith is doing great, man. I mean, he's just, he's, I'm really impressed with him. You know, I was his biggest detractor. Oh, yeah. And I didn't think he was going to play the way he's playing. And you got to give it up to Bruce Arians. He's got him playing. The players have bought in. And to me, that's very apparent. Very apparent. These guys want to win. And there's some of the fan base that has bought in, but I think a lot of people are still skeptical, and the media is kind of stoking that skepticism, especially when you look at the win-loss record. Well, the media, I don't even know what to say that I haven't said before. Yeah. <laughs> gets, All right, let's do it's this. ridiculous. Rams All right, let's, let's get to get the Rams to game. Rams are 3-0. and 3-0. and 3-0. They went 13-3 and last year, went to the Super Bowl. Lost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we in, thought they would In have, embarrassing fashion, yeah. too. Sean McVay with those deer in the headlights. Yeah. Just outcoached. Yeah, absolutely. We thought maybe they'd have the Super Bowl hangover, but it doesn't appear that way. Well, I'm going to say they're definitely not as dominant as they were last year. I mean, they've struggled. They they barely beat the Panthers. Yeah, it was 30-27. to 27. I think Carolina almost came back. Barely beat the Browns. The only team that they've beat up has been the Saints, and that was because Drew Brees got hurt. Right, and their run game, I think, hasn't quite been the same as it was last year, but their pass offense is pretty good. Well, with their running game, they're the split and carries between Gurley and Malcolm Brown, which I guess they're trying to save Gurley's knee or whatever. Didn't they do that during the Super Bowl? Yeah. They, he, like, benched him the whole second half or something. He didn't play a lot. He, he didn't play at all. Well, he had that knee issue all throughout the playoffs. Yeah. And he didn't come back until the Super Bowl, right. so I think he was a little rusty. You know what? I said that they have a good passing offense. They're actually worse as far as yards per game than we are. They have they rank 22nd, and we are 20th. Wow. And I don't even think our offense has started clicking yet. 
No, but I mean, we're pretty similarly matched because their rushing offense is ranked seventh and ours is ranked eighth. So we're marginally better than them in the pass and one spot lower in the rush. Our total defense, we're 14th, they're third. Yeah. They give up 285 yards a game. We give up 330. Most of that was last week. <laughs> that really skewed the numbers because before that, our defense was way up there. Which concerns me about the Rams because of their passing. Even though they're only ranked 22nd. Our, I just think that that's where they're more proficient this season. Yeah, our rushing defense is sixth in the league. We only allow 60, 70 yards per game. They're 11th. They allowed 93 yards per game. Okay, can you guess who has the best rushing defense in the league? Mm, give me a hint. I can't give you a hint without <laughs> telling you. Uh, just guess. Dallas. Wrong. <laughs> the Patriots are number one overall in rushing yards per attempt allowed. So they only allow 2.29 yards per rush. Wow. We're third in that category. And the Eagles are number two. We're third yes. at rushing defense? We allow 2.99 yards per carry. That's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think it's going to be what we need to beat the Rams. You think it's the passing game that we're going to have to I, watch out for? Yeah, I think so. Because in week one against Carolina, the Rams had 349 yards. 183 were pass yards, 166 rush. So they were pretty even there. But the last two games against the Saints, they had 265 to 115 rush yards. And then against the Browns, they had 254 pass yards to 90 rush yards. So their rushing has been going down steadily each game, and their passing is... Exactly. And... Week one, they averaged 4.8 yards per attempt. Passing? Per pass attempt, yeah. But then week two, they averaged eight and a half. And then week three, it was 6.4. Hmm. And then again, their rush proficiency has been uh, against Carolina, it was 5.2 yards per attempt. And then the last two weeks, it's only been 3.8. And it's not going to get any better. It's going to be worse than 3.8 yards a carry, I'm sure, or right about there. But, I mean, that's going against the Saints defense and the Browns defense. Their time of possession, they've only had one game where they had the time of possession in their favor. That was against Carolina, which is funny because we've been dominating teams in time of possession. Yeah, so it's not going to matter here. Right. They can win without winning time of possession. Right. And then as far as turnovers go, week one, they only had one to Carolina's three turnovers. They won that one. But then last week against the the Browns, they had three turnovers and still won. The Browns only had one turnover. So the Rams gave it up three times yep. and still lost. I mean, still won. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and the score, it wasn't that far. I mean, it was only 20 to 13. So the Browns, theoretically, you know, they're only a touchdown down. So the Rams scored 30 points the first week, 27 points the second week, and 20 points the third week. Yeah. And then they're still winning. Guess that's what matters. Yeah. But the both the, Ram, the Saints and the Browns, they kept under 300 total yards. Well, that's not going to happen to us. Where are they at in sacks? I think Aaron Donald's only got one sack this year, and he just got that against the Browns. They are... Tied for 13th in the league. Where are we at? Ninth. We're tied for ninth. We have nine sacks. 
Shaquille Barrett's got eight of those, so only one other person has got a he sack. He needs to share. <laughs> if he gets one more sack, he will tie the record for most sacks through four games. So the record is nine. So he just needs one more. And there are three players that have these records. None of them have I heard of. Derek Thomas has got to be one of them. No. Really? Mark Gastineau, 1984 with the Jets. You've never heard of Mark Gastineau? That's before I was born. So, <laughs> you should know football history. <laughs> okay, I can't even begin to say this name. Kabir, Kabir Baha Bihamila. You don't know who he is either? No. Wow. That was in 2001. I was Ke- not even in high school yet. And then Kevin Green, 1998 with the Carolina Panthers. You don't know Kevin Green? No. Wow. I did not let, watch football or pay attention to it until we met. You fooled me because you were like, I'm a Carolina Panthers fan. It's like Redskins fans who are like, oh, You didn't know a thing about that. I didn't know a Panthers. thing about it. So, and if then, he gets two sacks. Yeah, if he gets two sacks, he will join Simeon Rice in being the only Buccaneer to record multiple sacks in three consecutive games. But if he gets two sacks in this game, he will have the record for most sacks through four games. Yes. Ever. Mm-hmm. He's going to do it. Yeah, we didn't talk about this in the last podcast. I think it happened right after, but they restructured JPP's contract to give him what was it? They, I know they freed up four million in cap space. Yeah, from what I understand, they basically took away his guaranteed money for next year, gave it to him this year, so he's getting ten million this year. Yeah, and then he becomes a free agent in March. Right. So we're basically getting rid of him. I think. Yeah, I think so too. Because we're going to have to pay Shaq that money. Yeah, we mentioned last podcast, Shaq came in and said, I'm here to take jobs. Yeah, and well, he, took, he took Noah Spence's job to Noah start. Spence's, and now it looks like JPP's too. And really well, through yeah. no fault of JPP. No, uh uh-uh. If he had been here and playing. And it's not to say JPP's going to leave the team either. They're right. just setting it up so where it will be possible without taking a cap hit. Oh, I don't think he's going to be back. Yeah, year. probably not. But you never know what's going to happen. I mean, we can't pay two edge rushers. I think last I saw, we'll have seventy-seven million in cap space. Yeah, and no players. That's, right. That's considering we don't sign anybody, letting all these free agents walk. But exactly. So, like Shaq Barrett, we got to re-sign him. Jameis, we're gonna have to re-sign. Peyton Barber will be a free agent. I don't think we'll re-sign him if Rojo just remains competent. At this position. point, Rojo could take yeah. his place. Yeah. All right, so what do you think about the Rams game? Oh, we're going there already? Yeah. What do I think? Well, I think that the trenches are going to be vitally important. Oh, yeah, they got Aaron Donald they on the defense. They got Aaron Donald line. on the defense. They've got Dante Fowler as the wheel linebacker, Clay Matthews, outside linebacker, Michael Brockers, defensive end. But Aaron Donald himself is just a one man wrecking crew. He's going to be going up against Kappa uh. for most of this game. This is going to be a great test. For Kappa. I hope Jameis doesn't get murdered. No, he won't. If he does it, it's going to be his own fault. (laughs) Probably. He's going to get happy feet and run right into Aaron Donald. Right. Now, Jensen is on the injury report. He's got a back injury and hasn't practiced all week. Well, that would suck. I know. If Jensen and Kappa are there and Jensen's there helping Kappa out, I'm a little more comfortable. Mm -hmm. Not comfortable with our depth on the line. And especially not against this defensive line. I think they're up for the task. Now, of course, you know, they're going to get pressure. Aaron Donald's going to get through. I don't think there's an offensive lineman in the league that can stop him for a whole game. 
but I think I think we're gonna do we're gonna do okay with that. Uh, you know, it's good. Our, our receivers are gonna have a tough time because they've got a good secondary. Yeah, they got to keep Talib. Former Buccaneer. That's right. They got Eric Weddle back there at free safety. Marcus Peters, cornerback. So Talib's probably going to be on Evans. Have they ever the matched up before? I wonder. I don't know. I was thinking that the other day, and I can't remember if they have or not. I think they did when we played the Patriots. Or the Broncos. He was with the Broncos, too. That'll be a good fact check for you to, to do, follow up. But I'm, I'm not worried about Tlaib against Evans. There really isn't a cornerback in the league that can cover Evans. It just all depends on whether Winston can throw the ball right. You know, as long as Winston throws the ball high where Evans can get it, Tlaib will be a non-factor. Chris Godwin's on the injury report, too. He hasn't practiced. I think they're going to be okay. Probably. And, you know, if it's an injury where it's, you know, moderate or not that serious, they may just be limiting them so they rest up for the game. Yeah. We got Devontae Bond is on the injury report with a hamstring, limited practice. Jamal Dean with an ankle. He did not practice. Chris Godwin, hip, did not practice. Ryan Jensen, back, did not practice. Brashard Perriman, quadriceps with limited practice. Vita Vea. Groin, limited practice. And Devin White, of course, is still out. It's so, a knee issue, so he hasn't practiced. Vita didn't practice Wednesday, but then he returned to practice on Thursday. So he'll probably be fine. I'm surprised we have this many people on there. Were they banged up after the game? It didn't seem that physical. Well, we played physical. <laughs> yeah, after the Giants game, Shaquan Barkley is out. Tay Davis, linebacker, is out with a concussion. Alec Ogletree is out with a hamstring injury. Olsen Pierre, defensive lineman, he's out with a knee injury. Russell Shepard's out with a foot injury. And Benny Fowler is a wide receiver. with limited practice with a hamstring. So they got beat up. And Cody Latimer. Yeah, he had a concussion, but he's full practice. So and I, the only ones I remember being on the injury report were Benny Fowler and Cody Latimer. The, Latimer, the rest of them, I don't think were on... The injury report last week, so those are all the guys that we beat the crap out of. Russell Shepard, he might have been on there, too. But the Rams are not hurting that bad this week. Akeem Tlaib is on there. That's not injury-related. It's not injury-related. One of their tight ends, Tyler, Tyler Higby, with a chest injury, he was limited. And Austin Blythe, an offensive lineman, with an ankle injury, he was limited. And then that was for Wednesday, and then Thursday... Michael Brockers, their defensive lineman, he had an illness. And then their left tackle, Andrew Whitworth, it wasn't injury-related, but he didn't practice on Thursday. So I don't know what that's about. But we watched Whitworth Whitworth to see how Shaq Barrett was going to stack up against him. What did you think about that? Oh, I think he's going to beat him. Yeah. And Whitworth is one of the best left tackles in the business. He is so weirdly. So very weird looking. He's not fat at all. No. Not that at all. You can actually see all his muscles in his legs, like and through his, his pants. Yeah, it was weird. But he he's kind of built like Carl Nassib a mm-hmm. little bit, really tall, Very and tall. just not what you would expect from a left tackle. Right. He doesn't look like a left tackle. He looks like a tight end, a really tall, big tight yeah. end. Yeah. But I, I I really don't think that Shaq Barrett's going to have a problem with him. Shaq Barrett has gone up against Nate Solder, who himself is a very good left tackle. Daryl Williams, who's no pushover himself, and then Joe Staley, who everybody knows is a pretty good left tackle. So Shaq's been going up against good left tackles. This is going to be his biggest test so far 
Uh, Whitworth is ranked as one of the top three left tackles in the business. I don't think he's going to have much of a problem with it. Now, he's probably not going to beat him as bad as they as they beat Nate Solder last week. But again, if you watch the video, Nate Solder wasn't the only one guy that Shaq was beating. I mean, he beat everybody he went up against. You know, he went up against the right guard. He went up against tight ends and running backs. He just beat everybody. So I think he's going to give Whitworth a lot of problems. Whitworth is kind of stiff, but he doesn't. if he doesn't get you the first, if he doesn't block you, he will block you as you're going by him. He's quick in that aspect. He's got that, I don't know what you would even call it, a second offense, offensive move. Uh, he does this weird thing where he will put his head in your chest, and he's really tall, so he like bends over. He'll put his head in the chest of the defensive end or whoever's rushing at him. He does that every now and then. I can't figure out what that's all about. But he also, because he's so tall, he does a, like you see in the MMA, the, the tie holds where they, they'll grab you by the back of the neck and kick you in the face with their knees. Well, he'll do that with guys rushing in and he'll, he'll grab them by the neck back of the neck and then just push them down to the ground or, you know, bend them over. How is that not a hold? That's what I don't understand. Can you not wrap them? As long as you don't grab them by the jersey. So you, can, you can hug them. Just don't, now don't you use your hands. You're not supposed to. It, it's it's very difficult. It really is to figure out what's holding and what isn't. But you're not supposed to grab them on the outside of their frame. You know, you can grab them on the inside. You know, their chest area and stuff like that. Their their shoulder pad things. You you can kind of get a hold of them there. They won't call that holding. But if you grab them on the outside or hug them, then that's considered holding. Obviously, what Whitworth does is not considered holding because they don't call it on him. But yeah, he'll just grab them by the back of the neck and then just push their head down. So it's going to be interesting. That's that's the big matchup I'm looking to see. That matchup, Aaron Donald against Kappa. I know it's scary, but I think we're going to be okay. And then, of course, we know Adamakong Su is going back to play his old teammates. So that matchup there is going to be pretty good. We're talking about the whole offensive line, defensive line matchups. You're going to see Austin Blythe going up against Adamakong Su a lot. You're going to see Joseph Noboom going up against Vita Vey a lot and Brian Allen, their center. So that that's what I'm most interested in watching. But that is usually what I'm most interested in watching. I, I'm pretty sure we're going to shut their run, day, run game down. I mean, oh, yeah, I have no no issues with that. Yeah, I mean, you got to consider we've stopped two of the best runners in the league. And I mean, not just stopped them, but just basically destroyed them. Broke them. Yeah. So I don't think the Rams' run game is going to give us much problem. But they've got Cooper Cup. They have Robert Woods. So their passing game is pretty proficient. Well, uh, Goff is going to have to get this ball out quick. If you if you watch the games and you time these quarterbacks, they do not hold the ball longer than three seconds against us. You can't. Right. We went through the Giants game and timed some of those throws. Uh-huh. And they were all less than three seconds. And then we watched. And with pressure. With pressure. I mean, at, at two and a half seconds, quarterbacks normally have pressure from our Buccaneers line. And then we watched Jared Goff against the Browns, and he was having three seconds, three mm-hmm. and a half seconds. Yeah. There was one, it was uh, like 3.6 seconds, and nobody was near him. He had a clean pocket. He could have sat back there for five or six seconds before he would have gotten any pressure. That's not going to happen with us. Have we gone up against an elite offensive line? Well, you know, Carolina is pretty decent offensive line, but no, not an elite yet. Would you say that the Rams are elite? I'm just yeah. wondering the quality of the opponent. Like, yes, yes, they went up against the Browns, who do have a good pass rush, mm-hmm. and he still had three and a half seconds 
Seth Ryle. Yeah, that's, that's going to be our biggest test, I think, our defensive line against their offensive line. And vice versa, their off, defensive line against our offensive line. Uh, but I, I've got all the confidence in the world that our defensive line is going to beat their offensive line. I don't think it's going to be as dominant as it was with the Giants and the Panthers, but it's going to be close. You know, we're, we're probably going to get three, four sacks, and Shaq Barrett will probably get three or four of those sacks. It's so funny because, you know, Shaq Barrett is getting to this quarterback, but Nassib is right there every time. And a couple of these sacks that Shaq's gotten has been because Nassib got to the quarterback first, and he ran away and ran right into Shaq Barrett. <laughs> Poor Carl. Oh, I'm sure he's fine. No cra- yeah, yeah I think so, too. Because eventually teams are going to catch on to, oh, you got to do something about that Shaq Barrett, and that's going to free Carl Nassib up. Well, they tried last Last week with the Giants, I mean, they double-teamed Shaq Barrett quite a bit. He just beat them all. He beat <laughs> double-teams crap. Uh, there was a couple of plays where the tight end and running back would try to block it, and he just eats tight ends alive. The, there was one I showed you where the tight end goes to block him, and he just does like an ole on him. Just kind of jumps <laughs> to the side and pushes guy a little bit and runs straight for the quarterback, and the tight end falls to the ground. because He was like, where'd he go? So, you know, double-teaming doesn't really hurt Shaq. A couple times, you know, there was – Two offensive linemen tried to stop him, and they couldn't. I think what the teams are going to do to to beat Shaq, or eventually what they're going to have to start doing, which is what they're doing now, but they're going to have to do it more, is much faster throws. You know, these quick time slants and stuff like that. Uh, that's that's really the only way they're going to be able to beat our defensive line. You know, as it stands right now, they're having to throw the ball in two and a half seconds, and that's fast. You know, they're having to get these balls out. It's either, you know, you got a timed route, you throw it to that, or you just chunk it downfield. So we're going to see with Goff if he can, how fast he can play. And you have to do it all game. I mean, it's not like we let up. You know, our defensive line doesn't slack off. So Goff is going to have to play this game where, you know, he's going to have to throw it quick the whole time. And he ain't going to be able to depend on our on his running game. That's a, I mean, we, we can't, you can't run against us and you can't stand in the pocket and wait for routes to develop against us. The only way to play against us is these, you know, do a five, seven step drop and then you just wing it or, you know, a timed route with a three step drop. Something you got to get it out of your hands quick. All right. I know last week you said there's nothing really that we did wrong against the Giants except missing the kick. Mm-hmm. But where do you think we have to get better in order to beat the Rams this week? Well, you know, I was thinking about that. With the Giants game, and I said I, I just couldn't figure out how we lost that game. I really couldn't. And then it dawned on me. I think it was when me and you were rewatching the coaches' film. Jared Goff didn't make any mistakes. I mean, um, Daniel Joseph Jones. <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it right eventually. I know you will. <laughs> you got, I know. You got faith in me. I have all the faith in the world. I got to stop drinking. <laughs> or no, wait. I need to drink more. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, that's it. Let me get a sip of this delicious beer. Daniel Jones didn't make hardly any mistakes, and he didn't. Every time a receiver got open on us, he saw it and threw to him. And that's one of the things, if you watch the videos that I'm very big on with Jameis Winston, he doesn't read the field. He leaves a lot of open receivers you know, downfield. And, and, and a lot of quarterbacks do that. Uh, there's some quarterbacks that are very, very good at not doing that. Tom Brady's one of them. Matt Ryan's probably the best I've ever seen at that. If you fall, trip, stumble, if your man gets in front of you, if you if, if – you, get beat by a wide receiver against the Falcons, Matt Ryan's going to see it and he's going to throw it to that guy. I've only seen it, in watching Matt Ryan all these years on game film, I've only seen it one time where he didn't see an open receiver and that was because there was a blitz coming and he just turned and he threw it against the blitz 
Which is what you're supposed to do. Which is what you're supposed to do, yeah. And he didn't see an open receiver on the other side of the field, which that's totally understandable. But, yeah, Matt Ryan is the best at it that I've seen. I think that was just last year, too, or maybe the year before. Yeah, because I called you in. I was so so excited. I was like, look, I finally found Matt Ryan. (laughs) Didn't see an open receiver. Uh, But uh, Daniel Jones was like that against us. When there was an open receiver, he saw it and threw to him. And that was the difference in the game. Now, you're saying, what is it we need to improve on? It's that not having open receivers. So our coverage. Uh, yes. And it's the communication. It seems like these guys are getting a little confused back there sometimes. And it's mainly the guys that are playing like a, like a, like a quasi zone, you know, our linebackers, really. A mentor is the weak link. Yeah. But David, he also gave up a big yes. play in coverage, too. Yes. Was that but, a touchdown? I can't remember. Yes. Was that, was, that was the was one. Right that was, the that was Evan Ingram. Yeah. Right. That was the one. Where, so we're getting that, that torched one, by these tight ends. That too. one I wasn't sure. You can't tell with this defense. It's really hard to read. I mean, it's easy to read the man on man coverage, but all the rest of the stuff, it's what you're doing. You're like, what are, what are they doing out there? What is that formation? But on that one, Nassib came back into coverage. And so it was him and Levante David dropped back. I couldn't tell if Nassib was supposed to cover Evan Ingram man coverage. It didn't look like it because he stepped forward when the ball was snapped, like he was going to rush, and then he dropped straight back. To me, that's saying zone. You know, him and David looked like they were trying to play zone at the middle of the field, and Evan Ingram got behind both of them and got that catch for the touchdown, which was shouldn't have been a touchdown. Edwards should have tackled him. Edwards missed it, and then Hargreaves kind of watched him run by. But, yes, the – I think once the defense starts understanding the scheme a little bit better, and apparently it's there's a lot of communication that goes on back there, and uh, I think once they get that better, then we'll be a much more improved defense. But that that is our weak link right now, I think. It's not really that weak of a link, so we'll see if golf will be able to exploit that. And that's why I'm worried about the passing game. Not I'm worried a lot because of the Rams' passing proficiency. Their receivers, their mm-hmm. it's definitely a passing offense. I think I think our guys can cover on man. You know, I, I saw some people saying that we need to play zone in this game just to switch it up, confuse golf. I don't know. I like man coverage. It's more physical and aggressive, right? And yes. One thing I'm seeing that we're not doing that we should do more is our cornerbacks are not getting enough bump at the line. You know? Yeah, they're playing off coverage. They'll do that, yes. They'll do that too often. I don't like it. But even when they're doing, you know, the man press, they're not getting enough bump at the line, which is vital for our defense. We've got to tie these receivers up just for a little bit because the offense, the only way to pass against us is to get that ball out and get it out quick. If you bump these receivers at the line, if you get them screwed up, throw the timing off, that's the key to our defense. You know, because our defensive line is going to get there we're going to pressure the quarterback. He's got maximum two and a half seconds to throw that ball. It's gonna You're going to have to do either timed routes or chunk it downfield. And if our cornerbacks can't get that bump at the line to just tie the wide receivers up for a split second, then that allows the quarterback and wide receiver to get those timing routes. So I want to see more of that. I want to see our cornerbacks be more physical at the line. And like you said, I don't like it when they're doing this soft coverage. But they normally do that when it's a, a – a, a, Long distance down, you know, third and eight, third and ten, something like that. They just try to keep them in front of them. They're not generally doing that like Mike Smith did every down. I know. Oh, God, I hated that. That was so stupid. Infuriating. It really was. 
But yet, we, we, me and you were the only dummies going, don't fire him, don't fire him. Of course, we do that about everybody. Yeah, that's true. Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle, number 77. He's playing with the Rams now. He's been there for three years. This will be his third year. He got there in 2017. He started 34 games with the Rams. Uh, he, he's only missed one game with them since he's came here. He was with Cincinnati from 2006 to 2016. Wow, so yeah. he's old. Yep, yeah, 32, I Ugh, think. 34. Ancient. Yeah, so he started 164 games with Cincinnati. I'm impressed at his endurance there. It is quite impressive. Maybe that's why he plays so stiff. He's like geriatric in football years. <laughs> so what is your prediction, Molly? What do you oh, think is going to happen? No, I was not prepared for this. What do you got? What do you got? 23 to 20, 28. Who? You're going to say the Rams, aren't you? I can see it on your face. I'll say Let's the Bucks. No, say the Rams. I'm going to say the Bucks. If you think it's going to be the Rams, say the Rams. It's going to be the Bucks. I tepidly believe in us. <laughs> you... Well, I too am going to pick the Bucks. Surprise, surprise. And I think this might be the Bucks coming out party. So I'm going to go with 32 17. Wow. Okay. Well, I, I could tell you this. These guys are pissed. One, they're they're pissed that everybody's trying to blame Arians for that loss. Oh yeah, they're behind him 100%. Yeah, yeah and they want to shut everybody up. Two, this defensive line, especially Shaq Barrett, are amped. They want Shaq Barrett wants to break records, and I think everybody on the defensive line wants to help him break these records. Todd Bowles wants to make up for last week, allowing the Giants come back on our defense. And I think everybody on the team just wants to prove everybody wrong, because like I said, we are a good team. They know it, just nobody else knows it yet. And now here's the opportunity for them. You know, I mean, they showed everybody on Thursday Night Football, you know, on the national stage – you know, they showed that we, we're a damn good team. But then you, most people that aren't Bucks fans or Giants fans didn't watch the Buck giants game. So all they saw was highlights of Daniel Jones and everybody talking about how Daniel Jones played so good in his rookie uh, debut. So th- I think they're pissed. And they want to go into the reigning NFC champion's house and make their mark. I don't think they're scared of this team. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> and they're so, I think they're more beatable than they were probably last year. Bruce Arians in the press conference was so hilarious talking about the coaches with the uh, with the Rams. Uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if there's something there where he does not like McVay or something. But he kept calling them simple. Yes. <laughs> like their scheme is real simple. Their play calling is simple. They... Th- yeah, he said, he said this team, and this is not verbatim, it's paraphrasing, he said this team is good because of the players. He gave no credit to these coaches at all. No. When, what was it where he said it was simple? He was they. I don't know. Somebody was asking questions about their scheme or something like this, and he was like, "Oh, this is this is a simple scheme. They're real simple." Yeah, he said they're real simple. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, there was a couple other things." Shots I can't remember. fired. Yeah, that would have been the press conference from Tuesday, maybe. So if you haven't watched it, I would definitely recommend that you watch it. And. In the press conference, you can kind of see how he's treating the media, which is funny. You'll see what I'm talking about if you watch it. Are you in reference to the Jenna Lane with her? Yeah, the Jenna Lane stuff. Encyclopedia of knowledge yeah, of football. Her 20 minute long question. <laughs> which we, we're, we're we, like, okay, where's the question? Yeah, is we, this it? We rewound it. Is this it. it? We rewound it like four times and we're like, what is she even saying? Where's the question? Uh, I swear to God, it sounds like she was just trying to 
make it seem like she was knowledgeable about football. Right. And he told her yeah, she he didn't shut know her, what she was talking about. He shut about. her down a couple of times. She, got, she kept getting questions. I didn't understand that one. A lot of people must have not been there. But that one where she was asking about the RPO in the first quarter, and he said he was like, "No, that that was just a simple play action." And then he had this like grin on his face, like <laughs> she don't know what she's talking about. Dumb woman. <laughs> All right, so we got our predictions. Molly is saying twenty three, twenty eight bucks. She's saying the Bucks are going to win by five. Ralph is saying thirty two, seventeen bucks. I'm saying we're going to win by more points. What's that? Fifteen? Is that fifteen points? Sure. <laughs> We'll do a fact check. <laughs> <laughs> Follow up a fact check on math. We math. Um, so Bruce Arians was in this division with the Rams when he was at the Cardinals, and his record against them is five and five. So exactly five hundred. Did he play against it? McVeigh? Wasn't there when he was there? No, McVeigh wasn't, but Jared Goff was. I think Jared Goff started in 2016, from what I heard, and the Bucks are the only NFC South team that he hasn't played yet since 2016. BA's record is five and five against the Rams, so he played against Jared Goff in 2016 and 17. In 16, he split with the Rams, went one and one, but in 2017 he lost both games to them. He had a rough 2017. Yeah, that was when everybody got hurt. And- I think his health wasn't great. His health was bad. And then the Bucks, we've played the Rams in this. Every time we've played the Rams, hold on. Our total record against the Rams is fourteen and eight. So the Rams have that one. Oh man, we used to have a bitter rivalry with those yeah. guys when there was greatest show on turf. Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk. Our record is one and seven away against them. And seven and seven at home. And they are currently on a five game win streak that started in 2012. Well, time to end them. I concur. Let's make them three and one. After this game, we have the Saints coming up. That's going to be a fun, fun game. I think it's going to mean a lot to both teams. It's going to have a lot of playoff implications, if you ask me. But we can't think too far ahead. Got to focus on the Rams. Focus on the Rams. It'll be interesting to see how Matt Gay. If he bounces back or if he totally collapses. That's what I was thinking a minute ago when you were talking about how motivated the whole team is. I think that they really want to take the heat off Matt Gay. Yeah. Redemption. This is a redemption game. Yeah. Redemption game. It's hard to lose a game when you should have won. Hard, hard, hard. We've had quite a few of those over the past few years, but this last one was really, really a kick in the nuts. We had that game wrapped up. But you got to give props to Daniel Jones. He played a good game, even though he was getting the crap beat out of him. He looked rough <laughs> at a few points in the game. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple times where I was like, oh, he's he's woozy. <laughs> he's, he's not going to make it through this whole game. <laughs> but he did, and he played well. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.